So uh, a couple, couple things. Now, you're probably wondering, as you look at the uh, um, bulletin, you see Aaron's supposed to be preaching right now. So why is he, because I looked at this, and you guys paid for Aaron to preach on One in Christ, <laughs> Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. That's what you paid for. Uh, that's what you came from. You're not getting that. Um, this, uh, yesterday afternoon, Aaron uh, emailed me or texted me and said, um, you're up. You're going to be preaching tomorrow. So, and it's not on what he was doing. because just and uh, So he's like, uh, I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. So we need to uh, pray for Pastor Aaron. didn't seem like he was feeling that well on Friday. So uh, we need to continue to pray for his family that it doesn't spread out throughout the Wajnikis and throughout the church. But he is not feeling well, uh, so we'll be praying for him in just a second. Um, so you get me, uh, because everyone else is gone. So this is what fourth string looks like. This is what JV looks like. You got what you got. You're already sitting here. You can't get up. Uh, you might as well just stay. But I will promise you, I don't think it'll be quite as long as, uh, as you can imagine. I'm only uh, comfortable at going over what I was able to study uh, in, a, in a short amount of time. When you think of Thanksgiving, this is the week of Thanksgiving, right? So I decided let's just attack Thanksgiving, why not? Let's just go with something current. What do we associate with Thanksgiving? Well, when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of food. I also think of Black Friday, so I decided I'm going to look up some Black Friday statistics. Now, I know we have 2020 in there as a little bit of an anomaly, but uh, I'm going to read you some of these statistics of travel and retail. 54 million people this year will travel 50 miles or more for Thanksgiving. How many of you are traveling for Thanksgiving 50 miles or more? All right, a few of you. We'll be out in Colorado on Thanksgiving uh, Day uh, this upcoming week. Um, uh, so you also have uh, $9 billion spent on Black Friday. 43% of Black Friday sales happen through mobile phones. 43%. 13% of all retail sales are between Black Friday and Christmas. You know, most uh, stores stay open because of Black Friday to Christmas, right? That, that pays all the bills. Most discounted item. What do you think the two most discounted items on Black Friday are? Where are you going to get the best discounts on what products? Electronics is one. I don't know if you'll get the other one because it's not closed. So what do you think the second one would be? Turkey. Turkey, right. <laughs> Butterball. <laughs> no, no, that's a good one too. I, I would have thought that. It's uh, jewelry. I don't know if anyone's gotten any jewelry. Uh, well, obviously somebody is. Um, but uh, the average shopper, how much do you think the average shopper is going to spend on Black Friday, both in person and online? I heard 500. Who said 500? Well, it sounds like an auction when I said it that way. Um, you could tell I had about a day here, right? To, so uh, it's uh, $430. So you're right on. The average shopper spends $430. 155 of the 258 adults, million adults shop Black Friday. That's 60% of our adult population. So it's fascinating that all of what we're doing to try to say thank you to people possibly, maybe it's just for Christmas, but we're going to be talking about uh, gratitude um, today in all circumstances. Because uh, I felt with Thanksgiving that this would be as good a time uh, as any. But as you think of Thanksgiving, let's go back to the day. What is everyone's favorite side? So we're not going to say, now we know the pilgrims are just seafood and vegetables, so just nobody say that. <laughs> but, uh, and swans, they ate swans, seal. Um, yeah, yeah, they had swans too. They shouldn't have had that. They shouldn't have probably done that. Um, I mean, we know that now. It's easy to say now. Um, but what is everyone's favorite side? 
dish for Thanksgiving? Rolls. She go with the carbs. A lot of carbs in the Casabella house. What else? Cranberry sauce. I, cranberry sauce? The sauce are out of the can with the ridges on it. Just slice it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, like the, I like the ridges. I like to see the lines. I like the lines. What, what else is someone's favorite side? Cottage cheese? Oh, mac and cheese. Thank you. Luke, I was about to think less of you for a minute there. Stuffing. Now, you say stuffing. I'm going to say my favorite is stuffing, and my wife told me to say this first. I'm about to tell you what my favorite is. She makes way more than this and more complicated, but I love stovetop stuffing. The more stovetop stuffing I can get, the better. And I know that's wrong. That's not the right answer. Um, but, uh, and she makes a ton of other good sides. There, I did it. I did the disclaimer. What, uh, what else? Sweet potato casserole. Oh, the straws. Okay, those are good sides, too. Good. Well, you know, all things to be thankful for. I'm thankful for the turkey. I'm thankful for people getting together. I'm thankful for rolls, for sure. That was a good one. I, I didn't think of that one. That's a good one. Um, but I'm thankful for all of this, and, and as you are. Uh, but this morning, we're going to take a, a look at gratitude in Paul's letter to the Colossians. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can turn to Colossians. We're actually going to be in all four chapters, uh, so that's kind of, we're going to spread you around a little bit, but if you can turn to Colossians, when I think of gratitude, thanksgiving, I was looking at a bunch of different definitions, you guys kind of have your own definition, I was looking at some secular definitions, some real spiritual sounding definitions, the one I, I really, I, 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 I do like, uh, that came more from an academic uh, look at it, was a, rec- uh, was a recognition that we have received gifts and benefits from another that the good has come from outside of ourselves. And you know, as we're reflecting on God's goodness this holiday season, I want to look at that God is worthy of our gratitude no matter what the circumstance. Okay, Reflecting on God's goodness, I want to remember these three things. I'm putting them up all in order. This is going to happen quickly. Uh, you're not going to have a super long uh, time this morning, but I, I do want to look at all three of these uh, in this order. But if you can do me a favor, I, you know, as, I, I want to pray one more time just uh, for the Lord to help me uh, as, I, as I need the Holy Spirit's guidance. Uh, and as I pray, I'm just going to be praying um, uh, uh, Colossians 4, 3 through 4. So if you're there, I'm going to be praying that because I like praying scripture. It's a great opportunity. keeps me on track. So let's do that. Lord, uh, first of all, I pray for Pastor Aaron, uh, not so much for his circumstance to change, though we do want him to feel better. Lord, whatever you're wanting to show him about you and whatever you're going to reveal to your, uh, about yourself to him, Lord, that's what we pray that he recognizes. But then we, we do pray, Lord, we know you can heal uh, and whatever is wrong, um, uh, Lord, that he'll get to heal up and heal up quickly. We, we want to have him back. We're thank, thankful for a pastor. But Lord, I want to devote myself now, as it says in Colossians, to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Lord, we want to pray uh, for, for the church here, that God will open up to us a door for the word so that, me, that I may proclaim the mystery of Christ. And Lord, that I may this morning make it clear in the way that I ought to proclaim it. We ask this in your name. Amen. So we're going to look in uh, Colossians this morning and how Paul develops this theme of gratitude uh, or thanksgiving. And you know, Colossians was written as a letter addressing the problems in the church and designed to challenge the believers there at Colossae to examine their lives 
and be transformed through the love of Jesus. That's, that's the design of the letter. He was trying to correct false teaching on many levels, but we're going to look at the element of Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving week. You know, in all four chapters, Paul discusses thankfulness and Thanksgiving, all four of them. It's throughout the book. I'm going to read four passages in a row, and then we're going to come back to each of them all throughout, okay? So I think it's just easier if I can just get them all uh, out. So the first one is Colossians 1, verse 3. Look at uh, what Paul says here. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Then go down to verse 12. Joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. We're going to come back to that. For he res- what did he rescue us from? He, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now go to chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7. And this, really these two verses are the heart of Colossians, uh, in my, my opinion. Therefore, as you have received... Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. I like that. Just as you were instructed and overflowing, or maybe your, um, maybe your version will say abounding. I like abounding too. With gratitude. You'll see Colossians 3. Go to verse 15. Let the peace of Christ to which you were indeed called in one body rule in your hearts and be thankful let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing, admonishing, one, admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then lastly, verse 2 of chapter 4. I really like this verse. Uh, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it. Very unusual phrasing. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So three things I want want you to just see about the nature of gratitude is what is the nature of gratitude that Paul wants us to see here? Well, let's look at the text. We know, and we're going to be in chapter 1 here, we know from chapter 1, verse 3, that thankfulness is a continual practice for Paul. We actually, in in chapter 2, verse 7, Paul says to be abounding or overflowing with gratitude. And later in chapter 1, Paul is using present tense and instructing us to be giving thanks. He does this again in Ephesians 5. We're going to be studying with Pastor Aaron here soon. Even at the end of Colossians, you know, if you look at the last verse, you'll see that Paul says, remember my imprisonment. He's wanting them to remember he's in chains, but yet he still said, I always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that there at the end of the book? He always gave thanks, even when circumstances were not ideal. You know, we know Paul was in his first imprisonment, we'll say Rome, uh, when he wrote the letter about the same time that he wrote uh, Ephesians that we're studying now. His Roman citizenship allowed him probably a few comforts, but often he was mistreated. And we know he was in chains. Even in Acts 20, Paul uh, knew affliction and prison awaited him, but he gave thanks in his current state. You know, thankful feelings of gratitude can be hard when to access when life is hard. Isn't it hard to be thankful when life is hard? Isn't that when we find it the most difficult? You know, I was uh, studying, uh, I've been studying heaven for about six months uh, as a topic, and I I am just, that's kind of what I wanted to do, but it's just too much uh, for one time. But um, as I was studying, I came across this quote, which which I love, I'll put up on the screen here, 
uh, for you to read. And I didn't type it out, so I'm going to have to read it myself. Um, and the, the phone's too small. Uh, but this is uh, uh, Joni uh, Erickson Tata. Some of you know her. She's a Christian author. She's been around a while. But she's also a quadriplegic. Now, she was speaking of a future resurrected body, which is what I was studying, but I still love, I still love what she says here. Uh, she says, I still can hardly believe it. I, with shriveled bent fingers, atrophied muscles, gnarled knees, and no feeling from the shoulders down, will one day have a new body. Light, bright, and clothed in righteousness, powerful and dazzling. Can you imagine the hope this gives someone spinal cord injured like me? Or someone who is cerebral palsy, brain injured, who has multiple sclerosis? Imagine the hope this gives someone who is learning disabled. No other religion, no other philosophy promises new bodies, hearts, and minds. Only in the gospel of Christ do hurting people find such incredible hope. God is wanting us to see through these writings in Colossians of Paul that a life of thanksgiving should not be dependent on our earthly blessings or current circumstances. You know, during Thanksgiving, we often give thanks for earthly blessings. We're thankful for what? We're thankful for food, family, friends, shelter, jobs, cars, uh, our freedom as a nation, right? And this is okay. It is okay to be thankful for that. But what if you do not have all of those things? There are people that do not have everything that I just mentioned. Is there nothing to be thankful for? We see from Paul here that even though all the creature comforts were stripped away from him, gratitude was a continual practice. There was always a reason for thanksgiving. And I think English poet uh, George Herbert's poem on gratefulness included this verse, and I think this told it well. Not thankful when it pleaseth me, as if thy blessings had spare days, but such a heart whose pulse may be thy, might be thy praise. You know, the poet is saying, my very heartbeat is a heartbeat of gratitude and praise. Not just the last Thursday in, November, in uh, November, but a continual practice. Now, what is the direction of that gratitude? Well, when there is that gratitude, that gratitude needs to be God-word focused. You know, in the Bible, thanksgiving is almost always directed towards God. Much of the time when we think about gratitude, we think about it on a horizontal level, don't we? A person-to-person, -person, thanking uh, someone for doing something nice. They hold the door open for you, thank you. They pay for your meal, thank you. And that's important. We should do that. But in Scripture, gratitude is usually focused towards God himself. We see Daniel, Jonah, Hannah, Paul, Jesus himself as examples of directing their attitude or their gratitude towards God. New Testament scholar Professor David Powell summed it up. I, I like what he said here. For Paul to give thanks in all circumstances is not a call for us to remain in a certain emotional state all the time. It is a call to live a God-centered life. He is saying that to give thanks in all circumstances is to live under the lordship of Christ and everything that we do. It's a God-centered focus because we know that every breath, every blessing of grace and salvation come to us as gifts from the Father's good hand. And because of this fact, our whole life should be lived with gratitude and thanksgiving towards God. Further, it should be an instinctive response. When you say thank you to someone who's done something for you, it's generally instinctive to some sort of action they did for you, correct? And sometimes we reflect for a time and then give a heartfelt thank you. Have you ever 
you know, you thank someone right away. You've thanked people already this morning. But have you ever really thought about something and then went back to that person and thanked them? Have you ever done that before? You know, when I was, uh, you know, my, I, uh, my parents sacrificed a good bit to get me to school, uh, you know, selling things to get me up in Chicago. They sent me to a private school. I'd hop on a bus. I was a bus kid uh, for church and a bus kid for school. And uh, they sent me on a bus to go to church, sent me on a bus to go to school to kind of get me out of the little area that we were in. And you don't, you, you thank them at the time, but you, you know, kind of you don't because you're like, oh, I'm stuck here. I could have an easier school by my house. Uh, but when you start reflecting on some of what they did for you, then sometimes the thank you comes later, but it's often heartfelt. I don't know if any of you maybe are thinking now, boy, I'm really probably due for a thank you of, of, a, of a father or mother or father figure or mother figure or somebody that's helped you, you know, along the way. Uh, this would be a great week uh, to be doing that. Uh, but I hope this week we take time to reflect not only at, at that, but at what God has done for us and have a grateful spirit. You know, when we grasp what God has done for us, you can't help but be thankful. When we get dull to forget about the desperate condition we would be in without God, we forget the, and we forget the amazing grace he's shown us, gratitude wouldn't normally come spilling out of us. This instinctive, reflective response comes because gratitude should be our response to God's grace. You know, we see this in our text this morning, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 12 to 14. These verses are a rich expression of gratitude to God for grace and they powerfully unfold the heart of the gospel. Let me read it one more time, because this is actually the heart of the gospel. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from what? From the domain of darkness to what? And transferred us to what? The kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So not only do we see the nature of our gratitude, we see the reason uh, for our gratitude. Here, Paul is instructing us that this life of gratitude pleases God. And what are we grateful for? Look at the passage we just read. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness. What is the domain of darkness? It is the domain of the enemy, the evil one, Satan. You know, we're studying Ephesians, and we're in chapter 2 now, and it shows we are children of the enemy, children of wrath. God is saying God has delivered us from this. So what are we saved to? Well, I read it. In verse 12, we have been given all the rights and privileges of belonging to the kingdom of God's Son. He hasn't just delivered us so that now we're left on our own. He's made us citizens of a new kingdom. And beyond citizens, we're members of his family, sons and daughters. And there you have it, really, in just a few short verses, we see all the richness of the gospel. We've been delivered from guilt and darkness, transferred into grace and the kingdom of God's Son, that, that is the, should be the source of our gratitude. And our reaction to this truth should be to give thanks to our Heavenly Father this Thanksgiving, this week and all the other weeks, right? My prayer this morning is not that you, uh, I was thinking about this, my prayer is that not you would hear more about how we all need to be more thankful with each other despite our circumstances, and that if you aren't thankful, somehow you need to convince yourself to be more thankful, okay? And be a more thankful person. That's not the prayer. The prayer is, that we should all see gratitude as a response, a response to God's grace in our lives. Not an emotion, okay? Though we should all be thankful. My prayer is that we are thankful this week and beyond because we are focusing on the amazing, wonderful, immeasurable grace that God has provided for us in Christ. You know, hymn, hymn writer Henry Light 
uh, expressed it well in this song. Some of you know this song. I remember used to singing this song, um, a hymn. He said, praise my soul. That's the name of the song, actually, by the way. Praise my soul, the king of heaven. Praise my soul, the king of heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. This is the source of our gratitude, the grace of God. You know, not only is it a practice, sorry, I'm going backwards, there we go, now I got it. Uh, you know, this is the source of our gratitude, the grace of God. So then lastly, we want to look at the practice of our gratitude, and how can we practice this gratitude this morning? You know, uh, look at uh, 4.2. I, I love this verse, because it's uniquely written, uh, even no matter what, you, you, what version you have, I find it pretty interesting. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. You know, the practice of thanksgiving itself helps us be watchful. We watch over our hearts and our lives in prayer through the practice of thanksgiving, even though everything could be crashing around you, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your health right now, uh, whether it's a, a marriage or something going on with your home or your kids. When you pray, remind yourself who you're talking to during this time. You are talking to the creator of heaven and earth. As we pray, we should be reminded not only of our sins, but also of God's grace. And then you can start holding on to the promises of the gospel. You know, when you start confessing your sins, something changes in your heart as you cling to the promises of his word. And you start reflecting on what God has done for you. This grace of God that has given you forgiveness, life, salvation, all of a sudden we have a lot to be thankful for. Haven't you found when you start praying, and as you pray, and we're learning about prayer in Discipleship Hour, God brings things to mind that you need to ask for forgiveness for. And when you start asking for forgiveness, you start realizing your sin was an affront to God. You start realizing how great God is and what he's done for you. And then the byproduct of that would be thanksgiving. And you can have a thankful heart by starting that way. This grace of God that has given us forgiveness, life, salvation, all of a sudden, look at all we have to be thankful for. You have a fresh assurance that you are a son or daughter of God as you reflect on the grace of God. So not only should we have that as prayer, but we need to have a gospel-rooted walk. Let's go back to uh, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Uh, I'm going to read it. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing or abounding with gratitude. These two verses really, to me, sum up the whole book of Colossians. Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Paul is saying, Colossians, you started in Christ, keep it going. Colossians, you started in the gospel, now keep it going. We often need reminding of what we have been taught, don't we? You see in verse 7, being firmly rooted. You know, you think of a tree. You know, a tree is only as strong as its root system. Paul is saying, be rooted in Christ. Then Paul says, being built up. Same concept. It's interesting, Paul using these set of metaphors, but the message is clear. We're to be built up in Christ and established in the faith. And he's not referring to this experience of faith, but the Christian faith established in the gospel. When you are rooted in him, built in him, established in him, that's, when you are abounding in thanksgiving. You know, our personal walk should never be focused on ourselves, but focused 
on Christ, 18th century minister. I didn't get to put a slide up for it, but it was interesting. Robert Murray McChaney had a great line, for every one look at self, take ten looks at Christ. I love that. For every one look at self, take ten looks at Christ. That's a great description of what Paul is telling us here. Our goal is to grow in Christ and remember what he has done for us. That, when you do that, that is when you are abounding in thanksgiving. And then lastly, Christ-oriented corporate worship, which is what we've been doing. Look at verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verses uh, 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ to which you were indeed called in one body, which is what we're here, rule in your hearts, be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You see that kind of phrase in other parts of the New Testament. Singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God, whatever you do, do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You know, we can see thankfulness in all of these verses, and but we see that it's Christ-centered, but it also has a corporate dimension. Look at verse 16, teaching and admonishing. This is a reciprocal thing. This is something we do with one another. This shows how crucial okay, the church body is. And to be a thankful person, to be a Christian disciple whose life is marked with gratitude, you cannot do it by yourself. We need one another. We need the body of Christ. And here in Colossians 3, we see the new man walks in the word of God and in worship with, all, with other believers. If you have ever had a taste, and, and Jamin spoke on this a little bit, if you've ever had a taste of true worship, you crave more of it, never less. Has anyone ever done something for you that makes you so grateful you can't stop saying thank you? This is how we should feel about God. May thankfulness be a way of life for us Christian, naturally flowing from our hearts and our mouths. May the people of God be known as thankful people because our God is worthy of thanksgiving.